You need to not write for the market. You need to write that the story that you have inside you that gets you up in the morning and gets you excited, you know, put words on the page. Just write, write the story even you can't find read. Just write your heart out. Be passionate about your, your story. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hello there and welcome to my podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I know you have a choice of which podcasts to listen to and I'm glad you decided to listen to mine today. My name is Ruth Douthit and I'm an award-winning author of books for middle grade readers and about to release a romantic comedy called The Fine Art of Love. And I started this podcast a few years ago to help encourage writers out there. And one of the ways I encourage you is by interviewing published authors so they can share their writing stories with us. So welcome. She is a Christie Award winner and the ECPA bestselling author of 11 historical novels. When not reading and writing, she loves to garden, cook, take long walks and travel. She is the proud mom of an American soldier and a career firefighter. And I'm honored to have author Laura France with me on my podcast today. You're in for a real treat. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Laura France tell us her writing story and more about her new book, a heart adrift. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. I am honored to have author Laura France, award-winning author Laura France, with us today to talk about her newest book, A Heart Adrift. So welcome, Laura. Oh, it's such a joy to be here. I love talking books. Thank you. Right? I mean, what author doesn't want to talk about writing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we'll, we'll dive into your new book. Okay, great. I've been writing since I was the age of seven. That's when I discovered the joy of writing, you know, right after I learned to read. And first story then, and then I just never stopped. So now I'm at mid-century, and I'm just more in love with writing than ever. It's definitely a God's gift to me. And I'm thrilled that he's used it. You know, if I would have, sometimes I think I'd like to go tell my little seven-year-old self, just wait, you know, God has wonderful things in store for you. Because there were some bumpy things in my life that happened to our family. And it would have been, you know, anyway, he, he brought a beauty from ashes from that. And I'm so grateful. Oh, I love that. We'll definitely have to talk about that in our second interview. <laughs> yes, yes. That's interesting. Well, I often find that many of the authors I interview started writing and especially reading at a very young age. So I think that that's very interesting that you did too. It was, you know, it was just a love affair. And I always, I'm, I'm not good at many things. I was a failure at sports. I wore glasses. You know, I 
wasn't good math. I even flunked flutophone lessons. Remember the flutophone? You might mm-hmm. be younger than me. <laughs> that didn't work. I was not musical. So, but I knew from early on, like when I started to read that there was a magic in words and there were even a rhythm. I hear music in words in my head when I write and my words have a certain rhythm, I think, kind of lyrical maybe. And uh, anyway, I knew it was special from childhood. And I think probably most people who discover their gifts maybe early feel that, that, you know, it's that there's that one thing that's special and they kind of latch onto it. And that's what I did. Mm, I love that. Especially when you said magic and words and music and words. Oh, that's such a beautiful mind picture, you know, an image in your mind. I love yeah. that. That musicality, that's another beautiful word. You know, I not everybody, I think, appreciates the beauty of language or maybe they don't have that capacity to do so. But it's always been, um, I, I hear the music in words. And, and you're a, my fellow author. I'm sure you could probably say the same thing. Maybe not music in words, but just there's, there's magic, uh, heavenly magic in words. Yes, that's beautiful. I definitely, as a writer, I... I taught writing for kids for many years and knew that they saw it as work, you know, mm-hmm. essays and all yes. that. So I love that approach in teaching writing. If you can approach it in such a way that it is lyrical, it's beautiful. You can kind of teach those who are learning the craft to see it in a different way, not so much at work, you know, because right. it, it can be pretty tedious at times. But if you try and see it that way, it's more magical and beautiful I think that's more encouraging well it's so interesting you've taught it because there were two teachers in my background that had a profound effect on me as a writer the first one was in the fourth grade and she read this teacher I don't even remember her name but I remember her classroom she read the part of Alice in Wonderland which is a classic Um, and then she stopped and she said if you want to know the rest of the story you have to write it And so I did, and I didn't know the rest of the story, but I wrote the Laura Fagan version then, Um, and she wrote on my paper, which I still have, she gave me an A and said, I think you will succeed in your dream and desire to become a writer, and I was like eight um, or nine, and that was a profound assignment. And then in middle school in the seventh grade, another teacher, a male teacher, Mr. Bernard, had the class do the same thing. He read a very exciting adventure story, and then he cut it off and had us write the ending. And I just couldn't get enough of that. Very, very creative, very clever teachers. I'm very. so great. That yeah. is really interesting. What a neat exercise it is for a student. Right. And especially all those years ago, I mean, we're talking a long 40 years ago. (laughs) And, you know, you wouldn't think that they would be that innovative or creative, maybe, you know, that kind of old school. I grew up in that kind of, you know, old school um, mentality. But those teachers were kind of on fire and had had some amazing uh, ideas in that classroom. That is very creative. Makes me wish I had done something like that in my classroom. <laughs> I know. Never too late. If we ever get to teach it, we know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's interesting you said fourth grade teacher because my fourth grade teacher was the one who inspired me as well. Oh, interesting. Isn't that neat that we have that in common? <laughs> it, it is. Did she, what did she do exactly, if you don't mind well, my asking? 
I, I never was much of a writer, but I did love essays, and we did. I had to do an essay on George Washington, and I'm also an artist, so I illustrated it, and I drew oh, the cover. God, you have the gift of illustration. Yeah. Oh, so I was at the parent-teacher's conference. I was sitting in her classroom going through her books, and my mom was talking to her in the corner, and I heard the teacher say, your daughter has quite a talent for writing and for art, oh, and then she showed oh. my mom some of my work. And she said, you really need to nurture her gift. That's I heard fabulous. that. Yeah, and my little ears heard that. And I was so encouraged. And you know what my mom did? She always encouraged me. She would buy me art supplies. And she bought me an easel and paintbrushes and canvas. Oh, she's a dream of a yeah, mom. Yeah, she really uh, encouraged me from a young age all the way through high school. She never, um, if I asked her for art supplies, she never said no. She always oh, went out is, of her way. Yeah. What an inspiration. It reminds me of my mom because from my earliest days, even though I didn't have the gift of art, um just maybe the writing part um she would stoke that and enroll me in all of these classes for art and different things you know mm -hmm. and it, it was just now that I look back I just see that as such a gift and I'm sure you do too it is and I thank God for good teachers like that who take yeah. time you know mm -hmm. to encourage and inspire right. And the fact that you overheard her saying, your teacher saying that, a <laughs> yeah. junior carried with you for, for till now. Oh, yes. She was my favorite teacher. So inspirational. Oh, wonderful. And wonderful to hear about secondhand, even. Well, now let's segue to your book that came out last month, A Heart Adrift. Tell us a little bit about this story and what inspired you to write this book? Oh, would you believe a, a love of chocolate <laughs> and, and a desire to always to always write a, a sea captain hero? I don't. There was a movie long ago called um, The Ghost of Mrs. Mirror. It was mm -hmm. about a sea captain, and I watched that as a child, and I was just entranced. It's actually very highly rated today as a classic movie, and I watched it a couple of months ago, and it's it had been like forty years, and I thought, you know. What's all the hype about this? Because this that was the 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 kernel that got me going about my privateering sea captain in a heart adrift. And it was a wonderfully done movie. I even cried. I'm not a crier with movies, but um but then you pair the sea captain, you know, that that maritime history with a, a Virginia chocolatier who is my heroine, and I thought it was an interesting combination. Um I, you know, the novel took some twists and turns I didn't expect, and it's, I think, a little bit over 400 pages. So a hefty, a little bit of a heftier historical, perhaps. But it was a joy to write, and I can't believe it's already been out a month or so. Yeah. How do you pronounce the main character's name? Her name is Esme. Esme. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was just like it looked. <laughs> yes. There's different ways to spellings for it, but I chose the French the French spelling, okay. and then um, Henri is our hero, Captain Henri Lennox. It's Henry, Americanized Henry, but it's Henri in French, and um, they both have a little bit of French in their background, and he speaks French to her romantically sometimes, so he's quite the dashing uh, Valentine's Day sort of hero, I guess you'd say. Ooh, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yes, since we're coming up on the holiday, right? Yeah, really. Now, this takes place at the beginning of the French and Indian War. 
uh, right. colonial America. What made you decide to write during this era? You know, I love most of my novels. There are only two that aren't three, actually, that um, are 17th century. And then I have two 19th century novels. I'm not I'm I'm not real fond of other settings. I've, I've always had a love of our founding fathers and mothers and um, just that whole 18th century. It was just a historical fireworks. I mean, there was, you know, the, the birth of our nation and then all that led up to that is just you could write endless stories. I'll pass away before I, before I exhaust my story ideas. It's just a century that is vastly different than the 19th century. And, you know, it kind of stands alone, vastly diff- different than the 17th century. And I've written one book in that century, but it's, it's the, the century that I know the most about, though I wouldn't say I'm an expert by any means. I'm always learning. That's the beauty of being an author. You learn as you go and the, And I see the benefit of staying in one century as you write, because you have the benefit of accumulated knowledge, as I say, you build on knowledge, you know, you're not switching eras or centuries or, or settings, I I tend to stay in Virginia, because that's where my people came from Scotland, they were actually exiled to Virginia. And so that Virginia is kind of like home to me. And I love Colonial Williamsburg and Jamestown and and all that, that historic triangle is very dear to me. So it's it's a pleasure to spend much time on the page there since I can't always be there in person. So in your research, did you travel there and do your research yes. there? Oh, wow. Quite a few times. I love it. In fact, I was recently there um, in November and stayed in historic housing right in Colonial Williamsburg for about a week. And um, it was, I could have stayed forever. I just really... Um, think people who live there are extraordinarily blessed but I always learn when I go to Colonial Williamsburg because it's always changing you know there's new programs you know new music new art exhibits and um, I can't wait to go back I'm already kind of planning my trip maybe for next fall Mm, sounds wonderful I've been in that region just driving through but have only spent time at Quantico in Washington, D.C., and that's about it. So, Oh, big. Those are big names, though. That's wonderful. <laughs> I would love to go there, though. Yeah, your spot, though, Arizona, has its own rich history and is amazing, but a, a little out of my time period. It's more new history, kind of like Washington State. Exactly. It's more of the old Wild West history. Yes. Um, we didn't really have much to do with colonial America. <laughs> no, except to, yeah, to flee from the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's fascinating to write about it. And I, the next, I think I'm I contracted for three more books. The next okay. one is set in Scotland, only mm. Scotland. So that's a, my first story out of the country, so to speak, completely. Oh, how um, fun. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. And it's done and into my editor and I'm actually writing the next novel. So. Um, there's always, we're always three books usually ahead of readers uh, sure. on my schedule. Anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, hard to keep no. track sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but don't want to be too closely about hard because <laughs> I left it way behind. No, I love to talk about it. So Now, are your two main characters true? They were real people or are they fictional? They're entirely fictional, although okay. you know, they always, my hero, though, was basically being a privateer which is another name for pirate but it was a little more respectable to be a pirate privateer he owned his own ship he had his own crew 
he was an accomplished mariner. Um, he really was what became the foundation of the, the U.S. Navy, which didn't exist in 1755 when the story opens. Um, it came into play later um, during the Revolutionary War, you know, time period. But it was fun to, um, you know, to sail the seas. Only I think some readers, well, I only had, you know, a couple of scenes with him on on ship uh, because you women weren't welcome aboard. They were considered um very superstitious mariners were they were considered um bad luck so i had to keep him on uh, on land in the novel and, and i hope readers aren't too disappointed that he wasn't sailing around the world <laughs> in the book because you know you can't commence a courtship when you're on your ship and i had to keep him on land and i gave him a love of chocolate too which helped a, a sweet tooth right <laughs> <laughs> yeah he has a fierce sweet tooth <laughs> yes that's wonderful. Now, a lot of times my listeners are new to writing and sometimes they get discouraged because they haven't, you know, been able to finish a book or get published. So as you reflect back over your career, what kind of tips or advice could you give to a listener at that stage where they're thinking about giving up? How did you handle rejection or those difficult times in your writing career? Well, you know, the, the number one thing that I would say as encouragement would be to write where your heart is. You know, I wouldn't, you know, the, we don't want to follow our heart in, in other areas because that the Bible says that's not good. But, um, but I think you need to follow your heart when you write. You need to not write for the market. You need to write that the story, the story that you have inside you that gets you up in the morning and gets you excited, you know, put words on the page. Um, just write, write the story even you can't find read. Um, just write your heart out. Be passionate about your your story. And, and if you're not passionate about the one you you're currently writing, then, you know, set it aside. It, don't consider it abandoned because if you look at published authors, traditionally published authors, they, their first debut novel is not usually, um, they have a backlist that aren't published. They've had to work. Every, every, not, every story that I wrote was preparation for my debut novel. And um, so it's great practice that, you know, you've, you're flexing that writing muscle as you write anything, journals, you know, anything you do. I kept journals since I was a little girl. And that's even a form of writing that that mm-hmm. can shape your creative writing, your novel writing. Don't get discouraged. Everything you write is might not be gold, but it, you know, consider it a, a, a wise investment yes exactly and it's got all god's timing as well you know yes yes you know you have to be you know it's it's a you have to to be open to his timing because his timing is always best you know he publishing has changed so much for me so i i i got into it and i think i signed my first contract in january of 2008 I believe it was so I've and publishing now when I when I compare when I started to now it's about 15 years it's nothing 
now like it was then. Everything's changed. You've got the advent of the Kindle. You've got, you know, just uh, traditional publishers have gone under and, and you know, we've lost Lifeway. Lots of changes. Um, so God's timing is always best. And in that part of that preparation is he's preparing you for what he has for you. And we have to be uh, very respectful of that um, and not put the cart before the horse. There are a couple of times when I wanted to put the cart before the horse. And in hindsight, I see that he didn't allow that to happen. And it would have been a terrible thing for me, mm. um, even down to the publisher that I wanted to go with one certain publisher when I was offered a contract. And it turns out that would have been absolutely the worst worst thing that could have happened. <laughs> I, so he even puts you, you know, pairs you with the people that he wants to pair you with, your publishing home or indie. Indie publishing is big. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not traditionally might not want to go the traditional route. And that's, you know, that's fine too. You have lots of options, lots of freedom with indie publishing. And you really are in charge of your writing career at that point. That's so true. I mean, authors are doing both. They're pursuing, like right now I'm pursuing a publisher for a series, but I also self-publish on the side too. You're a hybrid, one of those exactly. things. That's why, that's what I aspire to one day is to do that. That's wonderful. And you're right. The publishing world has changed to where we can do this now. Yes. Yes, it's never been a better time to publish. Sometimes I, I'm a little dismayed by all the books, you know, out there. Anybody can put a book up on Amazon now. But, um, you know, it's never been a better time, really. Readers are hungry for books. The pandemic has actually, you know, made created readers when they hadn't been readers before. So I think there are more readers to rage. And we certainly, during the pandemic, during our times of... Um, being in, in, you know, quarantined, that was good for writing in certain respects, you know. That's true. More books were sold in 2020 than years before. Yeah. It said a lot about how people wanted to escape, number one, but also it got back to the old fashioned way of just sitting down with a great story and. Exactly. Best kind nothing of arm- wrong with that, right? No, the best kind of armchair travel, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, this has been such a treat. And you are, you just finished the book, The Rose and the Thistle. Was that the one in, set in, entirely in Scotland? Well, actually that, yes, The Rose and the Thistle. In fact, I just heard today that's going to be the official title. Mm. So um, The Rose and the Thistle, they put, uh, wisely put another the in there. So there's... <laughs> And I had left that out. But um, that's the new title, and now cover art will begin. And that novel is set entirely in Scotland and will release, I think, the first week of January next year. Fantastic. But A Heart Adrift is available right now on Amazon, whether it's print, book, or ebook. So go out and get yourself a copy. And to learn more about Laura France, visit her Facebook page. She's on Instagram. And she has a website at laurafrance.net. So make sure you check out all of her books and her life story. It's been such an encouragement to talk with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Ruth, you're delightful. And you have that wonderful audio voice, too. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate your questions. And I do. I love to encourage readers. That is 
the name of the game for me is to pay it forward somehow and be a blessing. So hopefully someone listening has gleaned something that, you know, that they can take and, and it kind of helps light, light the way there. Oh, what a treat that was to listen to Laura France tell us her life story and encouraging us to keep going on this writing journey. And I really appreciate Laura because she was having some Wi-Fi issues and she drove 30 minutes away to find a library that had Wi-Fi just so she could talk with me. Isn't that amazing? I'm just so honored that she did that for you, for me, for all of us out there who love her stories and love writing. So do yourself a favor, go pick up a copy of her new book, A Heart Adrift, and leave a a review for Laura. Um, Leave a review on Goodreads, on Amazon. Authors really do appreciate your reviews. So do yourself a favor and do Laura a favor and go get a copy of her book. And if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today, please subscribe to my podcast, follow me on Spotify, Follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I really appreciate it. And let me know what you think of my podcast. And if you would like a free copy of my book, The Road to Home, please sign up for my newsletter at my website at www.artbyruth.com. And as usual, keep going forward on this writing journey with the good times and bad times, one step at a time, always going forward. And until next time, God bless.